Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Mastering Risk Management podcast chats series. So um, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, I'm Anthony Wilson, and with me, as always, is Brett Palmer. Hello, Brett. Hi, Anthony. Uh, good to be back. Great to uh, to get the feedback that we got from the last session on uh, on our risk management framework discussion, and um, I think there's uh, certainly a lot of interest out there. A lot, a lot of a uh, lot of keen listeners that uh, have uh, spoken out, reached out to us, and, and asked us to provide them with more information around our approach to the development of risk management frameworks. Yeah, and and uh, uh, it was a little bit of a longish uh, podcast chat, but but deservedly so. The risk management framework. Uh, as I said at that time, uh, is such a critical component and foundational element of a, of a solid yeah, risk right. management that's program. That's absolutely so, right. Uh, we, uh, we, I think we spent that time well. So today, what are we going to have a chat about today, Brett? Well, I don't think we should talk about the football. Um, I think we should probably avoid the weather as well. So why don't we have a chat about something that came out of that last, uh, that last chat on frameworks, one of the uh, risk management standards that we mentioned was uh, assurance of controls. And relating to assurance of controls, we thought it would be good to have a conversation around critical controls. Now, you know, critical controls could be called key controls by some organisations, but I guess the fundamentals of what we're trying to talk about here are, are the importance of those key controls, those critical controls, and, and perhaps how they can be more effectively managed across your risk management function. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that it's just exploring key control, critical control, uh, those sort of things. I, I gather if listeners have been around in risk management for a little while, they'll be familiar with one or both of those terms. Maybe some people who are new to the game uh, maybe don't, understand them. They've probably come across them, obviously, in their working life, but maybe not even realise what they were. But what, uh, a critical control, will that exist for every risk, Brett? Will every risk have a critical control, do you think? No, not every risk will have a critical control. I guess the way to describe critical controls is, to, you know, not all, not all controls are created equal. <laughs> no, absolutely. Some, some are more important than others. And, and, you know, just because you've got a critical control and the other controls are not critical doesn't mean you can abandon those other controls. Because sometimes they work cohesively together. It's a, it's a little bit like synergy, you know, with the sum of the parts, yeah. you know, that, that sort of approach. They work together. They, yeah. provide, they provide a greater level of comfort around your control effectiveness than having one or two independently. So uh, it, it's that sort of thinking that we're looking for here. But one being far more important, perhaps, than yeah. the others. A, a really yeah. good example of a critical control is perhaps your business resilience business continuity, crisis management, etc. that capability. We see this come yeah. up across multiple risks for organisations. Yeah. So that's and when we, when we took... That is a critical control, or those are critical controls, and, and probably just to be really clear about this, they are mitigating controls, yes. right? Obviously, something has hit the fan... And, uh, and gone wrong. So, you know, we've, despite our best efforts in uh, risk management, in anticipating risks and trying to prevent things occurring, sometimes things will happen. That's right. right. And uh, you need mitigating controls. And one of the most universal set of mitigating controls is, are these business resilience type controls. So your emergency response, so you get a fire in a building, you need to know how to get people out of there and minimise the damage to the building. 
if you have a, uh, a major catastrophe in a, in a key facility, you, you want some business continuity. So, okay, our, our warehouse is burnt down. What are we going to do for the next 12 months while it's rebuilt? How are we going to continue to move stock? Or, you know, our data center was burnt down. How are we going to, you know, rehome uh, our technology? Uh, then you've got IT disaster recovery, which can be anything from major systems failure to a cyber attack. Um, something's happened that disrupts your business significantly. And then finally, um, worst case scenario, uh, a full-on crisis. So, uh, and a crisis could be one of those other scenarios, emergency, business continuity, IT, disaster recovery, that's been handled poorly and gotten even worse. Or it could be a unique uh, event. Uh, a, a crisis could be something uh, that's just, just come out of nowhere. So think of an extortion attempt on your organisation. Uh, something like that, uh, product quality issues, so tampering or something with with uh, with product in your business. So um, those are absolutely critical mitigating controls. Yeah, that's right, Anthony. And, and it's interesting because we find that most organisations tend to focus more on prevention. So th- yeah. they'll probably have their eye on the ball in terms of what might be a critical preventing control, um, but they don't always have the same, uh, what's the right choice of words here, the same focus, the same uh, emphasis, perhaps, mm. on the criticality of the mitigating controls. And, and, of course, what that's about is it's about acknowledging that your preventing controls, unfortunately, have failed, the best laid plans of mice and men, as they say. And what you're now yeah. facing with is a situation where you need to minimise the consequence of the risk arising. But, yeah. I mean, preventing controls uh, are obviously um, important. And, and the, the one that just jumps off the page for everybody at the moment is obviously cyber. And, yeah. you know, the biggest, the biggest challenge around cyber in terms of critical controls is probably not to rate everything as critical. Yeah, yeah. and that, that is a problem we see with some organisations is that they say, well, every control there is critical or every control across every risk is critical. We want them all. Um, we, yeah. we like to think that people are looking at their controls with a, with a view of saying, well, this one doesn't add anything. Maybe we can get rid of that. We can actually sharpen up the ones that are important and that will give us a better outcome. But nonetheless, there's a number of reasons why we want to be looking at critical controls. Obviously, their importance in in making sure that the risk doesn't arise or responding to the risk if it does. That's that's fundamental. Mm. There's also some efficiency issues here around critical controls and and how we can actually manage risks more effectively if we understand, if we flag those critical controls. So as a normal approach to, to control effectiveness, control assurance... We would go into a risk and we would have a look at the risk and we might actually go off and have a look at the controls and make sure that all of the controls are working and doing the job to minimise the risk. Basically, to confirm the risk ratings that we've applied to the risk. Yeah, correct. Now, if you actually understand the critical controls, particularly where you have those critical controls relied upon across multiple risks... You can actually start your focus on control assurance from the critical control, and that will give you coverage across many risks rather than just one risk. So it increases the efficiency of your assurance activity significantly across the organisation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's why they're called critical, and that's why as as management and executives, uh, risk people, uh, you know, you need to be really aware of the critical controls in the organisation. Um, uh, one thing, Brett, we mentioned business resilience, and and I think there's a bit of a gotcha uh, in this one, and we've just got to you know flag, uh, you know, 
we've had the pandemic and nobody escaped that, uh, you know, it, globally it, it impacted organisations. And I think potentially there's a little bit of false confidence in our ability to manage crises after COVID. So uh, many organisations and most organisations that we work with um, did a great job at managing through COVID, right, and taking the necessary actions. I mean, we, we all hear these stories of IT departments that got remote working happening over a weekend when previously it had taken them 18 months to get their heads around it, right? So, you know, some amazing things were achieved. I, I guess the the caution that I guess I would sound in that is that, okay, yes, you got through COVID and you survived that sort of stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your business resilience uh, programs are where they need to be. So, uh, yeah, pat on the back, well done. Uh, I think organisations did well in that scenario, but what would happen if it was a different scenario? What would happen if this particular business disruption event only affected your organisation? So, you know, you're not going to have government putting help out there. You're not going to have people, you know, rushing to the rescue. You're going to be standing there on your own. So, you know, just periodically uh, really pressure testing your your business resilience arrangements is one of those critical control tests in itself. I think you're right, Anthony. You know, we've got a couple of clients that really, they were very lucky when COVID hit. They were able to make some really good decisions that, that paid off during the COVID pandemic. But did they then rest on their laurels? And the answer to that question is categorically no. What we found is that they've recognised the importance of business resilience and risk management more broadly, and they've used that as an opportunity to then challenge themselves. So what are the lessons we've learnt and what can we do better to give us more resilience going forward? Those are the organisations that will continue to prosper and they will be well prepared. And what we found is that those are the organisations that have confidence to make those decisions when they need to because they understand how risk management works across their organisation. They're prepared to back themselves when they need to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're, um, they've done really well on that experience. And as we would always say, never waste a good crisis. So they've learnt some lessons from that crisis and uh, they've, they've built that into their resilience capability. So, you know, as a, as a, as a just a general call out to organisations listening, you know, if you haven't, captured those lessons learned, if you haven't then subsequently tested those components of your resilience program, so your emergency response, your business continuity, your IT disaster recovery, and your crisis capability, then, you know, you're overdue. <laughs> if you haven't done it already, you're overdue. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You can rest on your laurels or you can look for continuous improvement. Yeah, Absolutely. Excellent. Well, that's a great chat, I think, Brett, on uh, just the, that concept of critical controls. And we might talk, I think, again in a future podcast chat about what control assurance looks like, because I think it's a very interesting subject. And I think people hear the word assurance and think internal audit. And we know that there's much uh, broader activity and, uh, you know, internal audit is very important and it's critically important. But uh, there's much more to controls assurance than just uh, internal audit activity. So we might talk about that at a future date. Yeah, it's a good suggestion, Ed. Yeah, we'll do that uh, at some point in the future. But in the interim, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you do let us know any subjects that you'd like us to talk about, uh, to have a chat about on the program. Uh, thank you for the contributions so far. We, we are building up a bit of a queue. 
uh, of subjects to get through, but please don't stop them coming. Uh, we will get to them. So, uh, you know, encourage you to keep making those suggestions and sending them through as you can. So, Greg, thanks again for being on the program. Absolutely. No problems. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. We will talk again soon. Cheers.